Gone that, Girl. <laughs> you know. Well, it was like a popular movie. We were like, we have to go yeah, see this. Yeah, but I don't think a lot of people came out of Gone Girl being like, I want to make a serious life commitment, <laughs> but I did. Hi, welcome back to Under Our Roof. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Grace. And welcome to our podcast about living the simple gay old life at home. We're so happy to have you here with us for this very special episode that will be about dogs. (laughs) We have been wanting to do this kind of since the beginning of starting Under Our Roof earlier this fall. We have had three dogs. We currently have two. Um, But by the time we were probably like in our mid-20s, we had adopted three dogs. And Mm -hmm. we're going to explain why that came to be, what we've learned, and we just wanted to introduce these very important members of our family on the podcast. They're the only um, people (laughs) – they're the only people. They're fully not people on our (laughs) dog episode. (laughs) Well, they're the only members under our roof, the only other beings that live under our roof that unfortunately cannot add their voice to this podcast. They try. Oh, they try. They're fabulously jealous. Both of them sort of know when we're recording. I anticipate Willie to just sort of saunder over at any point in time, just put his little snout in your lap. And Bean, for all we know, is just getting ready to start crying so that he can join us on the couch. Yeah. So... They are beloved family members of ours, and it was about time that we sort of talked about how much we love them and how much we love dogs and having dogs, even though it has not always been an easy road. And that's what we're going to be talking about this episode. But first, we wanted to catch up a little bit about what's been going on under our roof since we last recorded. Oh my gosh, so much. So first of all, this is going to be coming out a little bit later, but Taylor Swift just dropped a record. Surprise A surprise album. album called Evermore. And like, you know, the the good gays that we are, the gays and the girls, we hopped in the car and we just drove around and listened to the full thing. And then we analyzed every song. I don't think that we would describe ourselves as Swifties. I know people go really deep into these Easter eggs, but there is something, I guess, uh, there is something compelling when she releases a project, especially the the sort of folklore era that she's in right now. So we definitely leaned into that and we had a nice day going through all the lyrics, <laughs> like overthinking things that I'm sure she's like, no, that that was just a sentence. And I'm like, but what does it mean? The layers here. We also watched The Prom with yeah. James Gordon. Uh, we liked it. We overall. did. Well, I want to throw this out there. I think it could be an interesting subject on a future episode because Lizzie and I had this discussion after watching the movie. Let us know if you're interested. We had a conversation about just hiring queer actors to play queer roles and the different levels of a performance that you get when that occurs. And I do feel like the casting of James Corden missed the mark. And I don't know if that's the sort of discussion that you're looking for on this podcast, but let us know because it's definitely something that we were talking about with regards to the casting of that movie. That being said, I would recommend it if you haven't seen it yet. I mean, we don't get enough gay movies and the lead, um, there's a young lead in that movie and she is the character of Emma, the character of Emma, she just totally steals the show. Yeah, so it's she worth was it great. for her. She's great. And I mean, of course, Nicole Kidman is Well, in it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. My queen, Nicole Kidman, is in it. And I think she has an amazing part. I think she's great. Oh, yeah. She's one of my favorite so parts fun. of that movie. She's probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. So we've just been consuming a lot of a lot of content. Um, as you do in as quarantine. You do in between dog walks. Yeah. 
pretty much um, our days are just organized around when we have to walk our dogs. And they have now finessed their way into four dog walks. In yeah, a we'll yeah. definitely get into more of what life with our dogs is like. But we, for context, we do have a small yard, which we're very lucky to have here in LA. Mm -hmm. And about like a year ago, they just decided <laughs> that they refused to go to the bathroom in the yard. So even though we have a yard, they won't go. Yeah. I mean, Bean, our little dog Bean, will sometimes like in the morning, but Willie, our bigger dog, will not go to the bathroom in the yard. Yeah. And it became these staring contests where they would just be out in the yard and we'd be like, it's time. It's 11 p.m. There's never been a better time for you to go to the bathroom and go to sleep. And they'd be like, why can't we just go to sleep? And I'm like, because you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and they would just be staring at us like, like two a 30 little, minute staring 30 minute contest. Stare, yeah, just so two little deers. Now we take them on four walks a day. <laughs> And we just love it. But anyway, we just love it. Before we get into more of the substance of dogs, I wanted to do some dog related quizzes, Grace. So it's a quiz. Yeah. So I get to use the game show music. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. So I have two quizzes. One is like a yes or no kind okay. of true false style. And the second one is like a guess which one isn't in the list, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay, so we'll start with the true or false. It's okay. about dog foods. Well, not dog foods. It's about people foods that dogs can or cannot eat. Oh, no. I'm going to be so embarrassed if I fail this because we really do feed Willie a lot of our human Snacks, food. Yeah. yeah. He, he asks for them. I know. He's it, only started asking for them in his most senile years. So what are we? Am I going to deny an old man a slice yeah. of kiwi? I don't know. That's the thing for context. Our older dog is very elderly, <laughs> as we will get to. So I'm like... Man, like every day could be your last. Yeah. Like, why am I going to deny you a what? bite of my sandwich? Exactly. Like, don't overthink it. Like, yeah. he wants a banana. Sure. Okay. He's never expressed an interest in it before, but. <laughs> well, bananas are not on my list, but those are actually a-okay for dogs. Well, that's good yeah. to know. And just for a disclaimer, I am not advocating feeding your dog anything in particular that you don't already, but this is just from a list that I found on mm -hmm. rover.com. So I will link the list, but I am not like a dog medical professional. Good to know. But here we go. I'm just going to say foods and you say yes or, no. yes or no. And by the way, it doesn't mean like they'll die if they eat the ones that it's a no, but it's hard on their stomach or whatever. Sure. Like we all know chocolate is bad. Yeah. That's not one of them. They're more sneaky than that. Okay. All right. So what They're do you, more sneaky. What What do you think about um, cabbage? Um, cabbage. I think Yes. I think it's You're correct. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cabbage is fine for dogs. There's this TikTok account. I don't know if you've seen it mm -hmm. where the guy creates food bowls for dogs. Specific, like people will request like make a bowl for this type of dog, make a bowl for this type of dog. And he's like a food, like mm -hmm. a dog food chef or something. And he puts all the raw ingredients in the bowl and he sort of plates everything like it was human food. Like wow. it was really nice. And it's kind of an ASMR type thing. And I feel like I've seen him plate cabbage in one of these videos. Well, I didn't know you've been watching this TikTok. Now you're like an <laughs> expert for this quiz. No, I just mo mostly focus on the ASMR component to it. So. Okay. Well, let's see if I can stump you with anything. Okay, what about raw shrimp? That's good. That's got to be good. No. What? Yeah, raw. He uses raw shrimp in one of the really? videos. Are you sure it's seen raw? It? Well, that's fair. I don't know. Apparently cooked shrimp is totally fine, but raw shellfish can have like harmful pathogens and stuff. So you shouldn't feed them raw shellfish, including shrimp. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, but cooked is fine. Okay. What about um, a raw potato? A raw potato? Mm -hmm. No, only because that's mean. 
Like, no one likes a raw potato. Well, a dog might. Do you think that they? it's good or bad for them? Bad. It's, like, acidic and gross. You're correct. A raw potato is not good for dogs, apparently. It's, like, when it's cooked, it's okay. Yeah. Raw potatoes in general, they're bad for everybody. Yeah, I mean, whoever figured them out, like, to boil these little, like, (laughs) dirt mounds. (laughs) Okay, uh, what about corn on the cob? I think corn is probably fine. And what about on the cob? On the cob? Well, well, I mean... feed them the whole corn cob. Feed them the whole corn cob? I'm looking at Willie. He's just wandered over, as I predicted. Willie, I'm looking at you in your eyes. Would you eat a corn cob? I don't think he would eat the corn cob, so I'm... So, No. Yes, there are good. Apparently, like, you can give your dog the whole corn cob and they'll, like, munch on it. Wait, so I was wrong? Yeah. Well, you were... I I tried to trick you. Like, corn in general is fine. Okay, so, Willie, if we gave him a whole corn on the cob, and now he's looking at us like, and why haven't you? I know. Um, What about blueberries? Good. They're good for dogs. Antioxidants. Correct. Nice. What about grapes? Bad for dogs. Too acidic? I don't know if it's that they're too acidic, but they're on the bad list. How are you getting all of these? I'm, but Willie is, okay, so Willie is really standing right, like, behind Lizzie's head right now. Um, or he's just, like, right at my eye level. And I feel like he's sending me signals. He knows. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, I would eat that. Yeah, he knows. Um, okay, last one. What about popcorn? Well, I really hope it's okay because <laughs> I fed Willie a lot of popcorn. <laughs> yes, apparently popcorn is a good snack for dogs, but like if it's like movie theater level, like butter and salt, then that's probably not good. But if it's like homemade popcorn, then it's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely fed Willie like lots of popcorn. <laughs> when we're watching movies and stuff on the couch, like I would be heartbroken if at this point in time you were like, babe, I have bad news. I think the reason why Willie's in diapers is because. Of all the popcorn. Oh. Okay, well, that's it for the foods. You did really well on that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you. Passed with flying colors. You always underestimate me on these quizzes. You're always like, you're never going to get these. Okay, well, this one I think is tricky. This Mm -hmm. one, like, I'm surprised by the answer. Okay, so remember on a recent episode where I did, like, a list of cities, and it was, like, the top five, but I listed six, and you had to guess which one was not really in the top five yes what episode was that on um something gay yeah it was like the best place to be gay yeah something like that okay so this is going to be um the most common breeds of dogs in shelters in the, U- in the oh, united states oh no it's a sad <laughs> quiz no it's not sad you don't have to think about it as sad it's like what's available okay to adopt all right okay so this is in the united states the whole united states the most common okay most common breeds Okay. Five of them are the top five, and one is a plant that is not one really is the in the plant. top five. Oh, no. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Chihuahua. Yeah. German Shepherd. Okay. Pitbull. Yep. Dachshund. Dachshund. Labrador Retriever. Labrador Retriever. And mm. Beagle. Oh, my gosh. It's such a weird list. Okay, so here are the ones that I know are on the list, mm-hmm. off the top. <laughs> Pitbull and Chihuahua. Yeah. As we sit in our house with two rescues, one a Pitbull, one a Chihuahua. Those are definitely on the list. I was surprised that Huskies aren't on there because I know after Game of Thrones, there was, like, this huge surge in Husky breeding, and then people didn't really research the breed, and so there were a bunch of Huskies in shelters because they all got returned. Yeah. I think maybe that's, like, not – wasn't the case across the country. Yeah. But I know in LA that was yeah. like a major issue. Um okay, so then it was Dachshund German Okay, I think I'm gonna say that Labrador retrievers are in shelters. 
like, cause I, cause I'm imagining that a, people would sort of categorize them as like lab mixes. So I'm going to say that that one's not a plant. Okay. I think German shepherds are another breed that, um, would be in a shelter. I just, just from experience, like you and I have been to shelters and rescues in our day mm-hmm. and I've always kind of seen a German shepherd or two there. So I'm going to say a German shepherd. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then there was the doc. So now it's between the dachshund and the beagle. Yeah, those are the two left that you haven't decided in your mind. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think I think the beagle is the plant. And let me explain why before okay. you correct me, although I'm sure that I'm right. I think the beagle is the plant because a beagle is such a specific breed for a specific job that I think the probability that someone would get a beagle without sort of knowing what you get with that breed is lower than someone that would like, oh, I want a German Shepherd for like protection or something. A beagle is so like, you don't get a beagle for protection. You get Mm -hmm. a beagle for like hunting and family stuff. Mm -hmm. A dachshund, I think is just probably a mischaracterized chihuahua, which is very (laughs) much bean. So like, I feel like Dachshund and Chihuahua are like shelter-ish type animals where they look at these little dogs that come in. They're like, is it a Dachshund or a Chihuahua? Kind of in between. Who knows? So my answer is that the beagle is the plant in your list. Final answer? Final answer. You're correct. Yes! I knew it! Ah! I'm so good at these quizzes. Are you? (laughs) I'm so good at these quizzes. Next time we have to have a quiz, I would like to administer the quiz Mm -hmm. just to um, destroy you. Because do you remember (laughs) how, like, I've won every single game of Scrabble that we've played? Not every single game. Okay, you've won one game and we've played, like, 80 (laughs) games or something like that. This is now my new thing. I want to win all the quizzes and then furthermore... I would like to administer a quiz that you fail. Um, I need to do this wow, because I barely so graduated from college, so <laughs> I have to have something. <laughs> okay. Well, for context, yeah, lab la- Labrador Retrievers are actually like in the top three, mm. which is kind of surprising to me because you think of them as like a, a breeder pet, mm-hmm. but apparently they they're just so popular. They've been like the number one most popular breeder dog in for the last like 25 years running so they just like there's just so many of them yeah um and then a beagle is actually still in the top 10 of most common shelter dogs but not top five i think that anytime there is a dog that is very cute but very specifically bred like with a specific job in mind then it crosses the possibility that someone who isn't prepared to have that type of a breed would get that dog, and then would not be able to sort of manage that dog. They're they're dogs that are sort of like vocational. And if you don't give them a job, then, you know, they're going to be a nightmare. A beagle is not an apartment dog. A beagle is not a dog that you can just leave around the house while you go to work nine to five. And I think that, you know, sometimes people don't know that. Same with Australian Shepherds. Yeah, Australian cattle dogs. I don't know if that's that different. It's probably under the same Was like also in the top 10, surprisingly. Grace first adopted the first Baldridge family dog, well, our Baldridge family dog, mm-hmm. um, in 2014. That's crazy. Which is was very- it really 2014? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was, wow, it was right mm-hmm. after I, I had graduated from college. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah, we we got Casper mm-hmm. back then. We were like 23. Well, the story is that I kind of had this stirring in me for a while that I that I wanted a dog. And for context, um, I really was not in a great place to have a dog at the time. I was working as an executive assistant for a film studio, and my hours were ridiculous. We're talking like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. some nights, just always kind of on call. I wasn't always at the office, but when you're an assistant, and I was specifically an executive assistant to a director, you know, your your time is just not your own. But I really had this stirring. I really, I can't, you know, characterize it as anything else. And I'd been talking to you for a while about wanting a dog. And one day before a date, before we went to go see Gone Girl, the movie, the romantic It was film, out in theaters. Gone that- Girl, <laughs> you know. Well, it was like a popular movie. We were like, we have to go yeah, see this. But I don't think a lot of people came out of Gone Girl being like, I want to make a serious life commitment, <laughs> but I did. Um, so we had some time to kill before we went to go see the movie. And I was like, oh, let's go to a shelter. <laughs> yeah, you were like, fun. that'd be cute. We could yeah. do that. And before dinner, I think. Or yeah, something. yeah. So we we went, and there were you know there's so many incredible, sweet, and also sad dogs at the West LA shelter in Los Angeles, and we we went in there, and a lot of dogs came to the front of their kennel, and then there was one dog who just stayed in the back and sat on his little metal cot, and for some reason, I was just absolutely taken by this dog. Mm-hmm. You were like, I want to meet that. I want to meet that dog, and Lizzie was like, oh, okay. We were still long distance at this time, mm-hmm. so you were like, I mean, all right, like, go off, Grace, and they <laughs> brought out this dog who was, at the time, probably like 65 pounds. He was pretty skinny. Mm-hmm. Very and, skinny. Yeah, he was skinny, but he was a big, you could tell he could be a big boy, and his head was his huge. head was huge oh casper yeah. and he was covered in kind of scabs and he wasn't looking so great and he didn't look me in the eyes and we really didn't have that much time together but i left you know i left him we went to go see the movie and then i got out of the movie and i just talked to you i was like i really feel like i got to go back and get that dog mm-hmm. and you were like okay and then you left to go back to berkeley and then every day for the following like seven or eight days before my job, I would go in to see him. I would go there to the shelter right when they would open up at like 8 a.m. And again, like I had a tiny window before I had to be like at the reception desk answering calls. But I would go there and just like sit next to his kennel and he started to expect me and he'd come to the edge and he would start like crying and stuff to see me. And it's a very rude plane as I'm telling this heartwarming story. (laughs) The reason why it's very you know, it makes me a bit emotional now is because he eventually became a very silent dog. So the fact that he was crying clearly showed that he was either excited or distressed, maybe a combination of both. And then, you know, I I think it was maybe eight or 10 days later, I went into the shelter and we brought him home and we named him Casper. And he was just, he was my dog. We didn't live together. You and I. Yeah, Yeah, you and I didn't live together. Well, I lived six hours away. Yeah. And so I kind of just went rogue and I got this dog and it could have been totally a disaster. And he definitely had some behavior issues that I had to work out. But oddly enough, I would go to work and Casper would just sleep on my bed all day. Like I never, he never chewed anything. There was never, there were never any like behavior problems at home. He was afraid of other dogs. He was aggressive towards other dogs. So once we were able to let him know that we could keep him safe, it was, I mean, he was really, by comparison to these dogs now, he was so easy. I know. He was (laughs) the best dog. He like really changed our lives. He set us on this path of like having dogs for the rest of our lives. And 
looking back, I mean, yeah, he was actually the perfect dog for like very busy people in their early mid 20s. Because even though you think like, oh, you get a puppy, like, honestly, getting like an elderly, formerly abused Pitbull was the easiest dog because he was just in heaven to just hang out with us and be on the couch and he like had no needs yeah i remember going into work on the monday after i brought him home on like a saturday Mm -hmm. and going into work on that monday and just rushing home during like a lunch break which i didn't really get lunch breaks but there was like a dead time in the middle of the day and i was like i'm gonna rush home and just see how he's doing and i was so nervous i was like oh no like what if he's destroyed something like i really didn't think this through i don't know anything about this dog blah 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 and i went in and he was just sitting on my bed and he kind of looked up like hey did you did you like need something (laughs) and he was just so chill i was like no no i'm i'm good man like i'll i'll see you later and he was just this cow potato. I mean, he really was just like a manatee around the house and he didn't really like going for walks. He really just wanted to kind of sleep and just be squishy and he would sleep in the bed right next to me, like his head on the pillow right next to me. Very cuddly. Very cuddly. The term I use is squishy for cuddly, <laughs> if you, just to make sense of that because I know it's a bit strange. But We could honestly talk about Casper for so long because there's so many stories and he was just the best dog like he was so beloved Mm -hmm. but the basically end of that story is that about three and a half years ago casper very suddenly and unexpectedly died on lizzie's birthday and it was on my birthday (laughs) um and it was i mean he was old like he was totally white in the face at this point like he was black and brown coloring overall but like his face and most of his body had like basically gone white at this point probably seven or eight do you think when we adopted him yeah yeah And so he was, like, around 10 years old, we think, when he died, which is a decent lifespan for a dog like that, especially because he had a hard life before we adopted him. But, I mean, it was, like, the saddest day of my life, the day he died. And I have written about it on my blog, and I've shared about it other places. So I don't – like, we could do a whole podcast sharing that whole story. But it was awful. Like, he died in my arms in the back of Grace's car as we were, like, trying to rush to the vet. We think that he had – like a cancer that we didn't know about Mm -hmm. and we were getting him seen regularly by the vet and stuff but we just didn't know and his spleen ruptured is what we think happened and something that we'll probably talk about i mean this is kind of a good segue too is um what we've noticed with pit bulls is that they have a really high pain tolerance and casper and willie now like they almost never let us know when they're in pain like i can count on probably one hand when willie has like vocally expressed discomfort. I really can't think of any time that Casper did. I mean, the the example that I always show is that I, you know, again, you have to imagine that I'm like baby dog owner figuring out things as I go. And I noticed that his nails were long. And so one day I'm sitting on the floor with Casper and I'm like, oh, I'm going to trim his nails. How hard can it be? And I'm trimming his nails. It's going fine. And then one nail, I trim it too far and it starts bleeding everywhere. And Casper just looks at me And he never pulled his paw away, even though that must have hurt him. He never snapped at me. There was no growling. There was nothing. There was no, and I felt awful. And, you know, eventually, you know, we figured out how to stop the bleeding and he ended up being totally fine. And he still trusted me to cut his nails. When I, when I think about like the pain tolerance of pit bulls in my experience, that's what I, that's what I think of. Like we had no idea that Casper was sick. And I don't know that if there would have been a way that we could have known. Yeah, because he he seemed old, but he didn't have like 
any symptoms until like a couple days before he died. And then we were getting him checked out and waiting for blood work to come back and stuff. And then basically like his organs just like all failed at the same time. And yeah, it was awful. Like it was the worst day. And basically after that, we were like, we have to get another dog like right away. Yeah. And I know people react to that kind of thing differently. But for us, we were just like, we cannot like come home and not have a dog. And so that is where Willie came in. So a week week after Casper died, we went to the shelter where we had gotten Casper to just like tell them what had happened and bring them flowers for the front desk and just sort of like that was part of our healing process. And they kind of like talked us into (laughs) leaving that day with Willie. (laughs) Yeah, we we didn't go in. We knew that we were going to get a dog soon after Casper passed, but we didn't know exactly when we didn't really have a plan for anything but we did make plans to go to the shelter where we got casper and just regroup there and drop off flowers and say thank you to the volunteers who had um brought casper to us and into our lives and as we were pulling up we noticed that the same volunteer her name is billy and she's very cool if you ever go to the west la shelter was pulling up to the the gate and the reason why this this volunteer has always stuck out to me is because she reminds me of one of my best friends julie's mom and this and that and that's just a very like distinctive personality that someone random in la would remind me of like my childhood best friend's mom and we pull up and we give the flowers we start crying we're telling about casper's life we're showing photos of casper's life and then billy goes billy's like well like i'm sure you're not ready right now but if you are um which you're not there, there is someone that I'd like for you to meet. And then Lizzie and I look at each other. We're like, all right, well, let's just go see the dog. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. If there is someone that they have in mind, we might as well just see who Billy mm-hmm. has in mind. So she walks us right away to Willie, all past all the kennels. She walks us to Willie. And then she goes, and she's truly an amazing psychological con artist. She <laughs> goes, I know he's not much of a looker. And so Lizzie and I now are predisposed to be like, no, he's so cute. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that that's a strategy that they employ. And he had been there for about 14 months Mm -hmm. waiting. His owner had died from what we understand. And Mm -hmm. then he was astray and left. Um, left at the shelter for over and, a year. And the volunteers felt really strongly about him because apparently he had been adopted out and then he'd been returned, but he was returned to another shelter. And when they saw that he was back in the system, the people at West LA went and got him from the other shelter to bring him to West LA where they could, you know, continue working with him because he was in there like child training program yeah, or something. he would go on buses like to help kids in schools like learn about dogs, dogs. or something i don't <laughs> which, know once i mean which makes a lot of sense now because willie is very good with kids yeah. and he loves car rides mm-hmm. so we we met him we met willie we took him out in the yard and he was you know he was playing fetch he was really just kind of doing his thing he was excited to be running around i mean it's so interesting now i'm looking at him as he's sunbathing he was so young when we met him he was just like so young and spry we were about to head on our alaska trip that we planned for casper so it was planned with a dog in mind and i remember just kind of looking at willie running around in the play area just you know just i would i would say like kikiing with all the volunteers basically <laughs> just having the time of his life and lizzie and i looked at each other And we really just had, I'll never forget looking at you and just, we just kind of nodded. We were like, yeah, this is our dog. It was this weird, it was so weird. 
And I had been really nervous leading up to it about like, will I know if a dog is right for me? Because adopting Casper had been like such a serendipitous thing. I was like, can we can lightning strike twice kind of thing. And it it so did because we both were like, this is our dog. And he just fit so seamlessly into our lives. Like, it was perfect. Yeah, my memories of of Willie when we first brought him home it was so funny because I was still very much healing from Casper passing, but I really needed the companionship. And I used to go on these oddly timed walks and Casper didn't like walks, but Willie loved walks. I would just go on these walks and I'd just be thinking about Casper and missing Casper and walking this dog who I didn't really know at the time, Willie. And he was just the best companion to just be by my side and to just follow me all across the West Hollywood back streets and neighborhoods in, you know, at like 11 p.m. or something. But something that I've always loved about Willie is he really was, he really did hop in our car and he was like, all right, I'm down for whatever. Like, yeah. let's go. And we drove him all the way to Alaska and we would pop him out at stops in these remote gas stations in Alaska. And he would just make friends. He'd see like the, the sort of the gas station dogs that were around and he'd just be <laughs> kicking it with them and blending yeah. in. And, he really is like this very go with the flow type of dog. Yes. And it was so meant to be. Yeah. And we just love him. We were so devastated by losing Casper that I know it maybe sounds weird, but we were like, we cannot not have a dog again like mm-hmm. if we get another dog and then when that when it's that dog's t- time to you know cross the rainbow bridge then we'll again be alone and we won't have a dog so we were like we have to have two mm-hmm. so that if one is it's time to go we'll still have one and then we can get another one or whatever yeah it was like a it was a security strategy i feel like we sound <laughs> i know we sound but it, it, i would just like like to impress upon people how we were just incredibly crushed by the sudden passing of Casper. And I think that, you know, there were there was a period of time where we were really just operating out of the fear of that happening again. And then once we just fell so hard for Willie, it was like, well, and Willie gets along great with dogs. We were like, well, we can't. What if something happens to Willie? Everything, every time that Willie would like trip on something, I'd be like, he has bone cancer. Like everything, everything would freak me out. Yeah. And so with that in mind and with how well he was getting along with other dogs in the neighborhood, we were like, well, we we should look into getting him a sibling. Like, why not? So, so we're thinking about that and starting to look for a dog. Yeah. And then one Saturday, we went to the dog food store, the local dog food store where we got Willie's food. Mm-hmm. And we go in and they're doing like a little adoption pop up, like a private rescue was there. For mostly cats. There was a bunch of cats. And then there was <laughs> little Toby at the time was his name, shaking, terrified in the middle of the floor. Four months old. Four months old. And I picked him up and he fell asleep in my arms. And I was like, we have to get this dog. And the dog turned out to be... And they said that he was going to be... He was like either a mix with like a basset hound or a beagle. He had these big floppy ears. So I was like, all right, that's going to be about a 30-some pound dog. Yeah. That's great because Willie's 65 pounds. So having like a 30-something pound dog would would be nice to... You know, so we don't have two giants, basically. Not that Willie's a giant, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And then... 
Yeah, so we got him. We renamed him Bean. His full name is Jellybean Jones Baldrige. He's named after like the Archie comics. Mm -hmm. But his nickname is Bean. And we took him to the vet. And the vet cracked up at the fact that we had unwittingly adopted a chihuahua who was <laughs> not going to grow to be even close to 30 pounds. He is 12 pounds. He is 12 pounds. And he's not a full chihuahua. He's 50% chihuahua. We got his DNA tested. He mm-hmm. also has terrier, Pekingese, and Pomeranian DNA. Yeah, he's but, insane. Yeah. <laughs> He's crazy. He is the most difficult, (laughs) unruly dog I've ever met, I've ever had. After these, like, sweet, stately, like, genteel (laughs) pit bulls, we brought home this chihuahua, this, like, unhinged chihuahua puppy. And he annoyed the heck out of Willie. Oh, yeah. And I honestly felt really bad. We also really had no experience with integrating dogs before, definitely not integrating dogs of various ages and of various sizes, and we threw Willie into the deep end because Willie is just so well-mannered that, honestly, we just kind of, like, tossed in Bean. We didn't do any research, and we were like, okay, like, figure it out. Like, this will be fine, and Bean really grated on Willie's nerves. We just really didn't have any experience with it. And I just thought that eventually he would stop humping Willie's face and nipping at his ankles. And Bean didn't really understand early on that Willie doesn't want to play with him. You know, like Willie isn't, he's not really, he doesn't really like playing. He's more of like a an observer. He likes to watch, if you will. (laughs) You know, like he likes to, he has his friends that he likes to socialize with and they just kind of like sniff each other sometimes he'll play but he likes to play with big dogs he had no interest in playing with bean and i think that was a hard lesson for bean to learn and it was a year a year of just trying to integrate these dogs and figuring out what works and keeping them totally separate and then trying to walk them with each other again and it it wasn't easy but we definitely we're able to take a step back, work with the same dog trainer that we'd worked with for Casper, who had helped us sort of establish that Casper doesn't have to be scared when he's on a walk with us, and manage everybody's fears and expectations. And now, for context, like with how far we've come, last night we had to take Willie to the vet. We actually wanted to record this episode yesterday, but Yesterday was too full with dog activities that we weren't able to record our dog (laughs) podcast. So we had to take Willie to the vet for a diaper issue, um, basically. And by the time he got home on their walk later that evening, Bean was just like, just so sweet, just like checking up on his brother yeah, and just sniffing him everywhere, just being like, man, are you okay? Like, where, where were you? Where have you been? And that is something that we never take for granted because the first year of integrating these two dogs was so hard was really and hard. stressful. And I don't know if anyone's going through something like that now because we were really at our wits end at a time. Trust your instincts and listen to professionals and you know, put in the work, be safe about everything, but we were able to find a solution for us that works. And just a little update as well, because if you follow either of us on Instagram or you've heard us talk about Willie, he is now very elderly, which it's crazy that we adopted him and he was like jumping, 
you know, in the air and stuff. And now he can barely make it around the block. But we love him so much. And we are just trying to, like, make his golden years extra comfortable. But he is totally incontinent. He wears diapers 24 7 i mean mm-hmm. we change them obviously he doesn't wear them on walks but like if he's in the house he has to have a diaper because he can't control any functions like that anymore and his back legs are pretty mm-hmm. much on the way out like yeah. he he falls a lot and i'm saying this kind of matter of factly just because like this has just been daily life for us for about the past year mm-hmm. and it is really hard like i've i mean there's been times that i've been like prepared that like okay, I don't know if Willie's going to, like, last much longer. And then that was, like, six months ago, and he is still here, and he seems happy. Like, he... Yeah, we always keep in mind the quality of life. I think we have sort of a criteria that we've set up for Willie specifically. Um, Is he still interested in his food? Is he still interested in his toy? He has one toy, this toy (laughs) elephant that he's, like, obsessed with. And um, does he still get excited to see his friends around the neighborhood on walks? Because that has been... Really, the gift that Willie has given us as a family was that because he's so well-mannered and just so sweet, he really opened up this neighborhood for us, which is something that we cherish deeply. And then it also allowed our neighbors to give Bean the benefit of the doubt, because Bean is a bit harder when you meet him. I mean, he's very <laughs> excited. He'll be very excited to meet you, but there is, it's like barking. It's a bit more of an abrasive hello, <laughs> whereas Willie is just this very sweet sort of silent... It's like meeting a cow. Um, Yeah, it's like meeting a very sweet cow. And so long as he's interested in those things, then that is a good quality of life for us. So we do keep that in mind, but we also want to be transparent that Willie is extremely special needs at this time. And he requires hours of care every day. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but we love him. And we're committed to, you know, doing whatever he needs as long as he is still enjoying life. Yeah. So hopefully that gives you some tidbits about our dogs. Yeah. We wanted to close with a little bit of advice on if you're interested in getting a dog, we'll we'll keep it pretty brief, but just our thoughts on what we would say. We've had two instances of love at first sight lightning strikes, at least for me, with Willie and Casper. I just immediately loved them and in different ways, but I just knew I was like, these are my dogs. I did not have that experience with Bean. I know that Lizzie did, but I did not. I really trusted Lizzie's intuition, but I, this dog, I'd never had a puppy before. I'd never had a little dog before. He drove me crazy. I mean, he absolutely drove me crazy. The The example I always give people is that I started smoking when we got mean. <laughs> I would take him out in the yard to do his business. And I was like, I need, I now I need a break. And yet there was this morning period of getting this new puppy and figuring out how to have him in our life. I cannot imagine my life without him. Bean is such a special family member, and he still drives me crazy. He really does. But I love him so, so much, and I didn't love him in this way right away. So I don't know if you've ever adopted a pet before or had a pet that didn't seem to fit right away. The more that I kept taking care of Bean, I mean, immediately I was like, I need to make sure that this dog's well-being is you know, he's in my care. I got to take care of him. And I have high standards for dog care. And then eventually, I started, you know, taking care of him, not just because I, you know, I was like, I have to, this is an obligation. It'd be little things like, well, I mean, he would look cute in that sweater, (laughs) like that type of thing. And it took time. And I want to be honest about that, too, that 
sometimes you bring an animal home and you're like, why did I bring this animal home? Yeah. And I think my one of my main pieces of advice is if you've never had a dog and you get one, I can almost guarantee that you will be shocked by the amount of work that it is and you Mm -hmm. will probably miss your old carefree life where you didn't have to deal with this little being's every need. Mm -hmm. And once you get used to it and once your routine becomes incorporated with their routine, it's the best thing in the world. But it's normal to have a moment of like, I miss my old, like, easy life without a dog. Yeah, when my life was my own. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, Bean still drives me crazy. Like, he, he really does. But I love him. And I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like, he drives me crazy, but, like, he's my crazy. And, like, <laughs> I will defend that dog. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I can, you know, if, if someone else were to be like, oh, Bean, like, he's, he's like a little demon. I mean, there's certain people who can say it. But if, like, someone that... Like Darren, you know, and there are mm-hmm. certain friends of ours who love Bean also who, you know, can say whatever they want about Bean because you, you got to understand him. But then if there was someone else that was like, come on, control your dog, I'd be like, you don't know him. Like, <laughs> he's little. This is a scary world. <laughs> yeah. And on that front, also, I would say another piece of advice I have is you do have to learn to tune out a lot of like conflicting voices and advice. Like there is a lot of conflicting dog advice. Like mm-hmm. should you only use positive reinforcement or should you be the alpha and should you be strict? Should like it, there's a lot on training even on what to feed them. Like is grain free good? Is grain free bad? Like there's so much out there and you do kind of have to develop like a little bit of a thick skin. I used to be so sensitive anytime mm-hmm. someone would like even like benignly question like, oh, why do you do this with your dogs? I would be, I would like bristle and be so sensitive. And I'm sure it's like a thousand times that if you're a parent, you know, of children, like it's maybe a similar thing. I'm sure it's again, so much more intense with like having kids, but just that sense of like, don't judge me. Like I know this animal, like I know what's best. And just I still have to be reminded, like, I know my dogs better than anyone, even better than the vet sometimes. Like, they mean super well, but they may recommend something that I'm just like, that's not going to work for my dog because I know my dog. And so getting more of your voice to, like, advocate for your pets and for yourself as a caregiver is a a lifelong process. But, Mm -hmm. like, I think just realizing that, like, it's normal to feel, like, really stung and hurt if someone ever, like, questions your dog parenting and that's okay. Like, you're doing a great job. Yeah, or one time we were walking Bean in the morning and you were training him to heal and um, a woman rolled down her window and told you that you should let him enjoy the walk more. Yeah, And I, I remember being, like what that's so weird like be like let him enjoy the walk i was like yeah but he'll he will enjoy the walk when he learns to heal yeah people have a lot of opinions (laughs) is the moral of the story and you don't need to listen to that and i want to be like also he's fully enjoying this walk (laughs) yeah you trust and believe if you ever see bean on a walk i know that he's gonna look crazy and he's gonna be like yapping he's having a great time (laughs) like he loves wandering around (laughs) his neighborhood that he truly thinks he rules over that he is sovereign over this little realm of west hollywood yeah the other thing I, i would end on a piece of advice that's always stuck with me before we brought casper home that volunteer billy said to me you know you really have to be sure that it's the right thing because you're bringing home another heartbeat. A dog is another heartbeat. And that always just struck me. You're bringing home this lifelong friend. A dog, you know, hopefully will be in your life for all of theirs. 
and to just take it seriously and get excited for the adventures ahead and these very unique personalities that each dog has and the issues that they will come with and the special joys that they will come with and all the surprises. It's the best thing. I mean, it's been so fulfilling for us to have dogs. I'm, I can't imagine a lifetime. I mean, maybe when we're real, real old and they ban it, but then we'll just move on to cats or something. (laughs) But we're going to have so many dogs. We're going to have a lot of dogs in our lifetime. For us, it's been a wonderful part of having a life together, but not without its challenges. But of course, the rewards outweigh the challenges. Yes, definitely. So yeah, we hope you enjoyed hearing a bit about our dogs. Um, We'd love to hear about yours or see pictures. So you can always send us either on our instagrams you can send us pictures or you can email anything you want or questions you have to under our roof pod at gmail.com thank you so much for listening it's always really helpful if you can rate review and subscribe we're an independent podcast so we would really appreciate that and we will see you on another episode of under our roof please give our love to any of the canines that listen to this episode (laughs) thanks bye As we both get older, my love grow bolder for my sweet old-fashioned babe. For my sweet old-fashioned babe.